Don't call it a comeback. Welcome back to the Big Shots NFL Draft Podcast. I am your host, Mike Kernishan. I am joined once again, finally, finally, as The Rock would say, by my guy over at Blue Chip Scouting, Devin Jackson. But that's not all. That is not all. Joining us on a full-time basis, also from Blue Chip Scouting, it's Price Check 3. It's Nick Price. Gentlemen, how are you today? Good, man. Good. Good to be back. Good to good to be able to record a podcast. It's been uh like three and a half months since we, we last were way recording. So uh glad to be back and uh glad to have Nick aboard, man. Nick, how are you, my man? Not doing not doing too bad, Devin. I appreciate it, by the way. Um I, for a while, I was kind of like staunchly against doing podcasts, and then life's like, "Hey, do you want to join Big Shots?" I'm like, "All right, whatever, I'll do it." <laughs> oh wow, you fun. just sound so excited about it, man! Just so excited. <laughs> no, like, for, uh, in all honesty, I am I am very appreciative. I'm very excited because you know I just did the talk ball with some some of my good friends. So yeah. it's been so long since we had a podcast. Nick wasn't even working for Blue Chip yet. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so. Since we last had a podcast together, which was March 4th, I looked it up. Well, Nick, Nick's last podcast appearance was in February of 2020 uh, when we talked about the Baltimore Ravens and Devin beat me quite decisively in a dueling mock draft. Um, but we took a bit of a break and I'll let Devin explain why in a minute. And then I decided that rather than trying to do two guest appearances a week or trying to do solo, plus balancing what I had going on in my personal life as well, it just wasn't really in the cards. And then the Blue Chip YouTube channel started up. And then that is why we brought on Nick Price. He was one of our main video guys leading up to the draft. You could see me and Nick doing pretty much every team's uh, seven-round mock draft. At least Close. it felt that way. I think we did at least half of the teams just on our own. Um, and about six weeks ago, Devin and I were having a chat about when we were going to be able to bring back the podcast. We knew the exact date. Um, we knew Devin's last day where he wasn't going to be able to podcast. And then we've been planning this for about six weeks, and we thought in order to avoid any potential long layoffs again because life happens it does you know unforeseen events do take place and we didn't want to leave the podcast in a situation where one of us wasn't going to be able to record for an extended period of time and it's not fair to the listeners it's not fair to the other co-host whatever so we wanted to bring on a third person and we've worked with nick a lot and we've seen nick grow in terms of his media presence so it only made sense to bring on Nick. He's familiar with the show. He's a longtime listener of the show. He's been here since day one in terms of a listener. Uh, so it only made sense. So we're really glad to bring on Nick. Uh, it's just been so long, guys. I've missed this. I have missed this. I love talking football. I don't necessarily like talking football while I'm being on camera. That's why I love this podcast. And I love the you know uh, what it's done. Devin and I went from literally not knowing each other to being best friends because of this podcast. So, Nick, welcome to the family. Devin, welcome back, brother. 
Yeah, yeah, like it, like you said, uh, you know, had to take a three month absence. So basically, it was it was a non compete thing. Um, you know, pretty much at the height of draft season, uh, that they basically told me no more podcast articles, etc. Um, and then I lost my Twitter account <laughs> the a week before the draft. So uh, it for was, like it was a, a month. Yeah, it, it was a it was a wild couple months. Um, you know, just kind of being inactive, but. Through the the big shots Twitter, I was still able to uh, interact with some people uh, at a, a much smaller scale. Though it was only like three hundred people uh, as opposed to over a thousand. But yeah, I mean, you know, just being able to, like I said, uh, I came back Friday night uh, officially. Uh, came on your guys' uh, YouTube live channel, so uh, that was fun to do. Come back on in that aspect, and like I said, once I clocked out at uh, six o'clock on, uh, you know, uh, June. 18th I was done with my job and and done with my contract so that's kind of the the reasoning behind why I was kind of inactive for a while while we didn't have a podcast and then I lost my Twitter account for a month but like I said I'm glad to be back moving forward now and uh ready to talk some 22 2022 prospects and uh you know get into get into that realm now, before we, we get into that, just a quick disclaimer. Uh, right now, for the time being, we're likely going to be doing over the summer just one episode a week. Uh, it'll probably come out Mondays or Tuesdays. Nick and I are doing a YouTube show over on Blue Chip Scouting's YouTube and the Twitter account. So that's Big Shots Extra. That goes for about half an hour, 7 p.m. on Fridays. Sometimes it's going to be live. Sometimes it's not. Um but the main reason for it being a three-man group is that way, because we all have vastly different schedules, there's always going to be two of us. It may not be all three of us. Sometimes it'll just be Devin and I. Sometimes it'll just be Nick and I. Sometimes it'll just be Nick and Devin. Uh, but you'll get two, at, uh, two of us. And it's so that it can keep going at a steady pace so that you guys don't get left out in the, you know, in the cold for two weeks without a podcast. Uh, so, you know, Nick, you are definitely more than just a fill, you know, a placeholder. You are a valued third member of this team. So for those who maybe Good. don't know Nick, Nick, quickly give an intro about yourself, my brother. So, hi, I'm Nick. Um, I'm graduating college, so life's weird right now, but, uh, <laughs> no, in all, in all seriousness though, um, yeah, so I've been, uh, in the draft Twitter circle for about like two years now. I started over at NFL mocks at Fansided, great people, uh, transitioned to DTSN for a little while then when I went to with the first pick and then in March I came to blue chip and uh, I started doing YouTube like I said what like what Mike said um I started doing like you know the mock drafts you know both you know first full round stuff for all the teams and like the individual team stuff and then I did all three days of the 2021 NFL draft uh sat around and crack jokes there's a, quite a few memes of me flowing around. Very, 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 there are a lot of memes. We will share right, the memes so, on the account. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you could say I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a, of a shit lord now. I guess you want to call it like that, but not really. That's terrible. Anyway, uh, but no, yeah, glad to be here. Um, like I said, ready to talk ball. Um, there's a lot of good prospects out there this year. Um, that I'm just ready to dive into, and yeah, that's it. Sorry. Yeah, and here's the thing. I've been since we announced that Nick's joined on. There's been some things that are um, in works. I've got 
tons of ideas for not only the regular season, but also already looking into draft season. I'm already planning for like February, guys. This is gonna be this is gonna be big time with us. Uh, so really hoping that this year kind of you know. Devin's had his his personal growth. I've had mine. Nick's had his. Now it's time for the podcast to have its own. Uh, but yeah, just just a quick over you know overview of just what the three of us are doing before we hop into some of these prospects. Devin is uh, part of our uh, blue chip scouting department as a floater. Uh, he can watch whoever he wants. Uh, he can write a report about whoever he wants. No shame. Nick and I are quasi-restricted to conferences. We can still watch whoever we want, but we just have to write reports about players in our conference. So Nick is doing the American Athletic Conference. We get to watch Cincinnati, Tulsa, uh, yeah, Central Florida. Uh, but he also gets uh, handicapped a little bit with Conference USA. So have fun watching Florida International and Old Dominion. Um However, I yeah. can't really talk. I get to, I get the FCS, so I get to watch players from North Dakota State, South Dakota State, James Madison, those powerhouses down, uh, you know, at the FCS level. But I also get the Sun Belt, so I get stuck having to watch Arkansas State and um, oh, who's the really bad? Oh yeah, Texas State and one or two other really really bleh types of teams. Louisiana Monroe, uh, that was the one I was thinking of as well. Um, so yeah, that's just a quick overview, but today we're kind of just going to have a free range type of show. We're going to talk about some players that we've watched. Um, unfortunately, Devin like never got to talk about his favorite players heading into the draft or out of the draft, but that's okay. Devin, we've moved on. We're in 2022. 2021 does not matter. Your draft takes from 2021 are unfortunately lost out in the ether. So Devin, since you are the big returning star of the show that I mooch off of without shame, why don't you talk about your first 2022 prospect? Yeah, um, I, I kind of mentioned it a little bit on the YouTube live show, uh, but I've really kind of dug into Kendrick Duncan, um, who played in actually in the uh, Sun Belt for uh, jo Georgia Southern uh, over the last couple of years. But he's a transfer now to the ACC and plays for the Louisville Cardinals uh, transfer there in the spring. Uh, actually won newcomer of the year, uh, newcomer of the team uh, in the spring uh, for his performance during the spring. So. When you watch him on film, uh, you see a guy very instinctual, uh, kind of kind of that true uh, midfield type of guy. They played a lot of uh, one high safety, uh, rolled a lot of coverages from from you know uh, two high to cover three, um, you know a, a lot of different uh, rolling coverages with him, and he was able to have the the range to get from sideline to sideline, make plays on the ball. Um, you know he's. Uh, a type, the type of player he can come downhill and make those tackles, uh, can can make those shoestring tackles. I do have some concerns about uh, his ability to tackle in the open field. There are times where he just flat out whiffs, and uh, it's it's not exactly what you want to see out of a safety. But uh, in terms of being able to cover, uh, there was a play against Minnesota in 2019 where he covered a double move from Rashad Bateman step for step with him uh, and played through his hands and deflected the ball away. Uh, that was uh, one play that stood out to me. Uh, he had a pass, couple of pass deflections against LSU in 2019 as well. Uh, and then in 2020, uh, there was a, a play against Troy where he was in the center field again uh, and, and basically prevented a 50-yard touchdown, uh, deflected away a, a post at the last second. And uh, he came down from 
he kind of rolled down in, into that in the box kind of coverage and still floated back and was able to uh, get get the ball back. So he has the range, he has the ability to cover uh, in man and zone, um, and and has the the ball skills you you look for as well. So uh, right now I'm I'm getting close to to kind of finishing up and finalizing a report on him, um, and uh, probably will have a fourth round grade for me. But uh, safety was a, a you know a position I wanted to to come in and, and really improve on. Uh, since uh, I talked a little bit on the YouTube show about it as well, you know, evaluating safeties in NFL has, has been such a, a different thing. You know, players like Jacoby Stevens, James Wiggins, uh, you know, players like that didn't go off to the board to the sixth or seventh round. And, you know, Dar- our Darius Washington went UDFA. So there there was a lot of guys that the consensus seemed to be high on. But uh, whether it was, you know, their injury history or testing or something, and, and for Jacoby Stevens in particular, it wasn't necessarily testing because he tested pretty well. Uh, Wiggins did, too. I think it was more medical for Wiggins. But trying to figure out how the NFL views safeties and whatnot, because it's, it's a position that's, that's pretty damn important in defense. You know, we've seen how much the Chargers have missed Derwin James. We've seen Jesse Bates kind of, um, you know, really develop into one of the better safeties in the league. Um Marcus Williams for the Saints, he, he had a couple of rough years, but he's starting to bounce back. So the safety position is, is very important in, in today's game. You need someone uh, that can not only uh, play that midfield kind of center field type of role, uh, someone that can play split safety roles, someone that can be in the box and, and help out on the run defense. So uh, I've, I've really wanted to kind of dig more into the safety position, and that's kind of where I'm starting out with. Uh, you know, Kendrick Duncan up first, got Quinterio Cole around the corner as well. Probably going to have a piece on those two guys since they're both going to be teammates. But, uh, yeah, that that's that's the first player I really uh, took a took a look at and, and was impressed with uh, in, in this 2022 class. I, I don't think it's at all surprising that as soon as we let Devin talk about a prospect, he goes for like a good four or five minutes completely uninterrupted. He's been waiting so long to just drop all these truth bombs on everybody about these players. And I mean, he's back in his, he's back in his natural, uh, in, in, he's in his element is what I'm trying to say. Uh, now again, we, Nick and I could bore you guys to death by talking about our group of five guys. And, and, and there are genuinely good players that we've both watched, but we're not going to just, in episodes like this where it's just free range, we don't really have a plan. We're not going to bore everyone to death by talking about a safety from North Texas, for example, that no one will remember in two and a half weeks. Um, So Nick and I, we've, we've migrated into watching some of the bigger names. So Nick, is there anyone, whether in your conference, out of your conference, that you would like to let the good folks know about? Um, actually, yeah. Well, starting in conference, because there's one guy that I I wanted to talk about on the live show uh, a while back that I don't think I got a chance to. Maybe just like briefly I was able to speak about it, but that's a uh, wide receiver from Tulsa, Keelan Stokes. Ooh, I've uh, heard Stokes. his name for a while, too. Yeah, Stokes is uh, Stokes actually pretty impressed me a lot. He, uh, I see Devin nodding. I know the rest of you can't see it, but um, anyway, uh, 
Yeah, Stokes really impressed me overall. He plays largely in the slot, so he's not exactly the most versatile pers- person on the field. Um, they Tulsa's offense doesn't ask a lot out of him anyway. It's mainly like out routes and him getting a, a open across the middle and e- even kind of getting vertical. So he's he's not asked very much, but I will say this. He has pretty good ball skills. He tracks the ball incredibly well. Um I like how he he can adjust the speed, uh, adjust the speed pretty well to you know make some pretty good tough catches. Um, he's great along the sideline too, which I which is, for someone of his body type is he's kind of a sh- smaller, stockier guy. Kind of, I, I was kind of impressed by that. Um, and I didn't think he was that bad of a route runner. You know, given the small amount of rounds he was uh, uh, asked to run. Um, like I said, he's deadly on an out route. You get him on an out route, he's going to get open like you know most of the time. I like, granted that could be just you know on part of the offense too, but. Regardless, um, like I said, I, I have a fourth round grade on him coming out of the summer and he might stay there going like after the season. Um, I'll come and see, granted, I haven't obviously we haven't seen any of him play from 2021 because it hasn't happened yet. But um, I, I, I was fairly impressed about what I saw and to kind of transition to someone who was out of my conference that I, I was really, really impressed with um, that I actually watched this morning is uh, Charlie Cross, somebody I think both of you guys are familiar with. Uh, Cross right now is my offensive tackle two right behind Jackson Kirkland with a 91.3, which is a a, a very healthy first-round grade for us based on our, our scale of blue-chip scouting. Um, I thought, you know, one of the things I kind of value personally when I'm a grading offensive tackle is how well you move. Um, and I thought Cross displayed some very, very, very good and very athletic movement skills, you know, working up to the second level, even in the, just, just in his past sets. Um, I was also really impressed by like how mature he was with his hand timing. Like he's only like a, like a sophomore Richard sophomore. So I was really impressed by how, okay. Yeah. I was really like impressed by how well he was uh, able to time his punches, how aware he was of his surroundings. You know, he passing off, you know, brushes to other, to his teammates, stuff like that. So I, if, if, I just and, and even so, like I, I still see like a, a ton of potential there too as as well. So I, th- I think he can only get better from here. But no, I'm I'm really impressed with this film. I'm so glad you mentioned Charles Cross. He is also my offensive tackle too. Like you said, he was a redshirt freshman last year, and Devin and I, and specifically me, uh, put a lot of effort during the regular season last year into absolutely burying uh, Mississippi State, and with good reason too. Their fan base annoys me. However, however, Charles Cross, upon further uh, inspection, was by far that team's best player. Um, I mean, that offense was the lamest excuse of uh, of a of a high octane offense I've ever seen after the first week uh, when they like took a month to match the passing yards that they had in that one game. Uh, but Charles Cross, yeah, insane movement skills. Um, Little bit of a smaller tackle. He's 6'5, yes, but he's only weighing in at about like 302, 305, something like that. Once he gets bigger, if he can maintain that movement skill at 315, he's got first round lock written on him. I think the one thing is teams might get a little concerned if he's if he doesn't bulk up a little bit. I'm also gonna talk about someone in my conference first. I'm actually gonna talk about a pair of receivers uh in the Sun Belt. And I'm going to start with Texas State's, um, what is it? Jesus Christ. I now can't remember his name. This is great radio. 
Can you tell we're a little rusty? Just a tad. Um, oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, oh boy. there we go. Yeah, I want to talk about Texas State wide receiver Marcel Barbie. It's a Barbie world, and we're all just living in it. Uh, I've now fit that in multiple times, both on YouTube and now in a podcast that will live in infamy. Um, Marcel Barbie, it's like if Odell Beckham played at the Sun Belt. That's the best way I can describe it. He does not make the easy catches, as in he wants every catch to be like falling backwards, one-handed, blindfolded, everything. It's like watching like New York Giants Odell Beckham, but he's playing for Texas State. Is he a little limited? Yeah, he's pretty limited. He's only going to be a jump ball type guy, a highlight reel type guy. You're not really going to trust him on like short and intermediate routes, but you want a guy going straight down the field to get you a nice 25-yard gain? He's your guy. You need a sideline catch? He's your guy. Absolute insanity coming out of um, out of the Sun Belt. And our guy, uh, Thorne Eistrom, also had done a bit of research on him and also sharing these same highlight reel catches. You can go to my Twitter timeline and just search for, for Marcel Barbie catches. I believe there's one game where I was able to share like five or six highlight reel catches in just one game. It was kind of nuts. Uh, but yeah, Barbie right now, he came in at a sixth rounder. Uh, again, he's kind of an average athlete. Uh, doesn't have a lot of, um, you know, you know, upside as a slot option. He'll be more of a uh, like a red zone, end zone, jump ball type receiver. And I think the same thing could be said about South Alabama's Jalen Tolbert, who has himself some fans, most notably Mel Kuyper of ESPN, having him as a top 10 wide receiver in the class. I'm not quite willing to, um, to sign off on that, but man, Tolbert's a fun vertical threat. Uh, you know, good but not great route runner. Uh, so, I mean, we, we're grading wide receivers in terms of their blocking as well. Uh, he's actually not bad as, as a blocker. He just kind of throws his body in the way of, of defensive backs, which is all you can really ask for at that level. Um, geez, yeah, he's really good at contested catches. Arkansas State, I believe their defensive backs are still having nightmares about him uh, because they just could not cover him whatsoever, whether it was a slant route or post route. They were just, if it was in his hands, he was gone. Uh, I I tweeted out, you know that you're having a great game when the defenders know what's coming and they still can't stop it. And that was that was Arkansas State. He had like 260 yards and four touchdowns on them. Uh, he was a nightmare for them. And then first guy I want to talk about in terms of out of conference. I mean, it's almost kind of boring because Devin and I have been talking about this guy for almost two years now. David Bell out of Purdue. I'm just going to stick with wide receivers. Uh, listen, Rondell Moore came back last year, mid middle of the season after his hamstring injury slash coming back from opting out, what team suspension, whatever it was. And David Bell is still the number one option in that offense. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping for the podcast's sake that Purdue is able to have their players stay healthy for once. Because in year one of the podcast, everybody got hurt. Like more injuries on Purdue's offense and defense than there were signatures on the Declaration of Independence. And then last year, everything went to hell for them in terms of having to play through COVID restrictions, uh, COVID tracing, and more injuries. Especially to players like their star edge rusher, George Karlaftis. If they can stay healthy, they'll get a winning record. 
Yeah, they'll have at least two uh, potential top picks um, in Karlaftis and Bell if, if both of them stay healthy and have good seasons. I don't know, doubt, doubt Bell will. He just he just produces even with the quarterbacks he has. Uh, but yeah, I wanted to interject there uh, to uh, talk a little bit about uh, the guys you mentioned, uh, Keelan Stokes. Uh, the one Nick mentioned, uh, that's someone that I, I watched last summer uh, heading into the season. Uh, was impressed by him and his ability to, uh, you know, make make those tough catches. He, he was a, a pretty much a, a main staple for Zach Smith, uh, the, the quarterback that went on to the NFL. Uh, or I don't know if he got signed by a team, but I, I know he, he left left school at least and entered the draft. Um, but yeah, he, he was someone that popped off film for Tulsa last summer when I was watching them. Uh, I, I remember I was trying to watch Zach Smith and he would in Stokes was saving Smith from some of the bad passes he was making. Um, so that, that kind of caught my eye there. And then, uh, Mike, you mentioned, and of course, David Bell, love David Bell. Uh, you know, one of my favorite guys, uh, Barbie is actually someone that I was just watching because I was watching, uh, Texas state go against Georgia Southern. And he was making uh, highlight real catches even in that game. So I was like, yeah, that's the guy that Mike was talking about, um, you know, when I was watching him the other night. So uh, just wanted to inter- interject and, and kind of give my my brief thoughts uh, on, on some of those guys for sure. Uh, haven't taken a look at Charles Cross. I know that, like you said, Mike, you did a report on him already. Uh, Nick, you're, you're finalizing your report on him. I know Matt Valdivinos of PFN, uh, he had just done a, a film session film session talking about cross so he's, he's definitely getting a lot of hype right now and uh i will say mike was one that first one on on that hype uh I, i'm not well, one of take, the first yeah one I, of the first. It, it, it's not a christian derisaw moment by the way i didn't get my chance to brag about that uh on the airwaves but christian derisaw friend of the podcast and first round pick um Man, I wish we could have gotten Christian on during the draft process. That would have just been amazing. But Devin, our other friend of the podcast, is now his teammate in uh, Cal defensive back Cameron Bynum. Uh, I'm so excited about that. We may be getting something uh, to, to go along with that to commemorate the work it is, uh, the, the work that we put in in terms of both interviewing him and just he's such a great kid. Um I should I should mention this. Um, everybody knows I'm an Eagles fan and a Cal fan. Everyone knows that Devin is a uh, LSU and Saints fan. Nick is a Baltimore Ravens fan. I don't know if Nick has a college team though. Is it Maryland? Um, here's the thing. I actually don't. Um, I okay. So it it's it sort of is. I um I don't have okay. I don't have a co- favorite college team, but I sort of kind of in a weird like way I support Maryland because it's my home, you know, the biggest college in my home state. Um, I mean, they're, they're, they're like the Orioles. They're never, they never do anything outstanding. On the I field. don't know that reference. Uh- <laughs> well, the, I mean, the Orioles. I get, never- I know, I know that. Re- <laughs> I know the reference. <laughs> I know yeah. it, but yeah. Um, yeah, Mar- I mean Maryland, man. Uh, they have some dudes uh, this year. They have a couple of dudes. They, they have some. They do have some. I, uh, I will say that. I I am very uh, interested to see Dante Demas play football. Um, because our our boy Dante seems to like him. 
I want to. I want to buy stock in Raheem Jarrett already. <laughs> you know what I want? Oh, yeah. you, know, you know what I think we should yeah. do? We should have like a poll where like we put this out there on, on the social channels, and like people try to recruit Nick to be their college team's fan. Could be. I, I, now you know. Again, we're not just going to have episodes about us talking about prospects. We're going to do, uh, you know college division previews like we did last year we just won't have a guest on um you know Devin, how much fun was that last year when we were previewing the aac in terms of in depth yeah <laughs> i think that was one of our shorter episodes i think it was <laughs> i think we decided not to bother with conference usa and, and i think I, I no we did <laughs> we did not we did not. Although I do wish I would have taken a deeper look, I would have found a couple guys uh, if I had done so. But uh, I mean, dude, it's you. Of course, you would have. Let's be <laughs> honest. You come yeah. on. One of the hardest working in the business. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll be doing things. Uh, you know, we won't just be sitting around chatting about prospects. But this is a great return for us. Uh, but yeah, we'll be doing things like conference previews coaches on the hot seat we'll have some other fun stuff and it's only june guys it's only june season doesn't kick off for like eight more weeks and of course we do have episode 100 and we have something special planned for that that's coming up soon enough um devin i'm gonna go back to you are there any more prospects you want to talk about uh yeah i mean there's a couple other guys that i've kind of done some preliminary watches on um cam taylor Britt. Uh, from Nebraska. Uh, I know uh, Mike uh, does not care to watch Nebraska players. But, nope. Nope. But, not interested. Been there, done that two years ago. Got got the got the extra sleep to prove it. Um, yeah. That team but, uh, sucks. Be- I was reading a, a, a preview magazine that had Nebraska in the top 45 teams in the country. Well, how about a couple summers ago we had Adrian Martinez as the next Heisman winner? Didn't you select him first overall in college fantasy? I did. Oh, look, 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 look. we don't need to go back to that. Right. <laughs> hold we, up, hold we up. don't need to go back hold to up. that. All right. Yes, we do. Nick, Nick's asking. We do. Oh, Kevin, I messed up. You? I okay. Messed. Okay. So, so was, I should explain. A... I should explain, Nick. We were okay. bound to only using Big Ten players. So he selected. Adrian Martinez, who had legitimate Heisman hype, first overall. I, with my next pick, went Jonathan Taylor. And because it was a snake draft, I had the third pick as well, and I got Justin Fields. How I wish I could go. Listen, I, I didn't even... I, I have been covering a Big Ten for maybe three months. I didn't even get, get to Justin Fields yet. Oh, I just had a feeling and that was an amazing year because uh, like we basically split up the playmakers. I think I had Rashad Bateman. You had Tyler Johnson. Uh, one of us picked up David Moore in the uh, sorry, David Bell in the middle of yeah, the season. I, that was my saving grace that helped me win at least a couple games. <laughs> uh, it, it was twas a loaded conference that year is always yeah. a loaded conference. If we're being honest, I did, you also I did had KJ Hamler. Yeah, I did. I did smartly pick Penn State's defense, though, and they were pretty good that year. Yes. Um, I I think I had Ohio State's defense. Uh, by the end of the year, there were no Nebraska. There was definitely no Rutgers. I, I dropped every Nebraska player, every Northwestern player. 
uh, every Illinois it's player. It's just like the old days. We can't stick on topic. Cam Taylor Britt, you were saying. <laughs> Back to him. Uh, yeah, so I talked a little bit about him as well on the live YouTube show, but he, uh, I think he's someone that will probably make that transition to safety. Um, I just think that his uh, instincts and, and ball skills kind mm-hmm. of lend more towards there. He's he's very uh, active in, in run support and, and making tackles in open field. I just worry about his long speed, uh, his ability to to stick with uh, s- some of those speedier, faster players on the outside. He can he can go to battle with with some of those physical, bigger body receivers. Uh, he had a pretty good battle against David Bell, um, but yeah, like I said, I do worry about uh, his ability to have that long speed. But I still value him as probably a, a late day two, early early day three grade right now. Uh, I still have to finalize him, but. Like I said, I think uh, a position change potentially at the next level could could suit him. But uh, if not, he he still will be a solid pick, I think, uh, on day three as a corner. I can assure you I'll be watching zero minutes of Nebraska this season, just out of principle. And I I, I protest bad football, and Nebraska has done nothing but play bad football for about Listen, a decade. Like, they've I, been relatively yeah. non-existent since they got, like, mercy killed by yeah, the, Wisconsin. The, the only play that, that, that anyone remembers is just Kenny Bell getting upset and, like, flipping a dude. Yeah, he sent him into another dimension. He did. He sent him into the ether. Yeah. But, uh, uh, no, speaking of Nebraska, I just need Adrian Martinez to have one 500-yard game. Just one. Just one. That's not going to happen. Just just one. Look, let me dream. It's June right now, okay? We're not in the season. We're we're not into all that yet, okay? We know, know, listen, listen, we we are not in the fall just yet, okay? We don't need uh, actual projections. I need dreams to happen, okay? This is where dreams happen right now. And him him throwing for 500 yards would make my dream happen, okay? Because I I really thought he was going to bounce back because I did a whole article, a whole piece on him last summer. Uh, well, even before last summer, like last May or whatever. I really thought he he had something because you watch the freshman year tape. You're like, okay, maybe he's the next type dual threat type of guy that could, you know, do something. But I was wrong. <laughs> Uh, I could. You guys can't tell, but Nick's face is just like what. Nick's almost like, why am I here? Why am I let? Why am I listening to them argue about Nebraska? Nick, please get us away from the Cornhuskers and just talk about literally anything else. Okay, cool. Um... <laughs> By the way, that's gonna be the other part is when Devin and I get very heated at discussion. Nick will just be like, okay. So do you guys want to talk about something else? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let me. Uh... Oh, what do I want to talk about? Actually, my rankings pulled up, or my what, what I have so far as my rankings. I'm, I, you guys can't see, but I'm just doing very like air quotes right now. Um, you know what? I think I'm gonna steal something from uh, Tyler Browning's conference. He might get mad at me for this, but oh well. Um, I want to talk about Christopher Allen from Bama. I love Christopher Allen. I haven't finished him yet, but I love what I've seen so far. He has a, an 82 out of 100 for me, so he's a second-round uh, player. Um, to kind of give you, like, a visual image of who he is, um, kind of Christian Miller-esque, if you guys remember him from a couple of years ago, 
really big, tall, athletic uh, outside linebacker from, from Bama. Um, that's a, I, I, I think I, I, I like Allen a, a bit more than I did Miller. Um, there's an name I haven't heard in a while. Did he do yeah. any? Has he done anything at the NFL left? Not really. Uh, I mean, they 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 brought in like Yitor Grossmatos and like Hassan Reddick to replace him in Carolina. So, from what I understand. Oh, that's right. He's there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, regardless, uh, Allen, I like, like I said, he, he's really good in coverage. I thought he was like in the short area, you know, get him out in the flat, you know, covering those short passes to the running back, you know, to the tight end. I think he's fine. Um, there are a couple instances where they had him like manned up with like, with like backs to tight ends and he looked relatively fluid. Like he looked capable. I mean, obviously he's an, I mean, scout the player, not the helmet, but Allen, you expect Alabama guys to be, you know, pretty well in tune like you know with technique and you know football iq and stuff like that um and then i think he has to, he he delivers some upside as a pass rusher um i'd, I'd like to see him flesh out his moves a bit more um because he's kind of just winning on like athleticism speed around the edge um but like i said he he has uh he has some good good moves yeah he kind of i think i'm trying to remember my notes right quick um yeah he, uh, he he's also from what I I've kind of noticed to kind of transition to how he's in the run game. Um, I he's he's pretty good at stacking and shedding. Um, he's really good, you know, on the backside contain. Like he's very disciplined, plays on the line well. You know, does all that good stuff for you. Um, I, I like his I like his potential because he's kind of he and uh, Will Anderson are going to kind of be the uh, you know top two guys there going into the season. So. Uh, he had a good, I think he had a relatively good season last year, so yeah, he, he, he has he has plenty to build off going forward. And that I'm Bama that Bama second level is nuts with him it and is. Christian Harris and as you mentioned Will Anderson. And now they got a uh, Henry Toa Toa from Tennessee. Oh, that's right, they did. Oh, jeez, yeah. that's just embarrassment of riches. It is. You so, almost hate to see it, but yeah, I mean having Toa Toa and um. And Christian Harris in the middle of your defense, you will get a combined zero yards um, at any point. And then having Allen and and Anderson coming off the edge—that's just not fair. That's just not fair. Disgusting. Just I was I, I was gonna bring up you know my next guy being just like one linebacker. I'm just gonna mention the entire team. It seems like seems like NC State is really loaded with draft talent. It's loaded. I was about to say, man, the entire team of who? <laughs> I was I trying swear, to think who. At like every level, there. Okay, maybe not in the secondary, but no. on everything else, there is something there for for uh, NC State. You know, there's a guy that perhaps you may have heard of him on this podcast before, uh, De- uh, Devin Leary, the quarterback. Uh, Devin, I believe, was actually the very first on him. Might have even been ahead of Devin Leary's own parents in terms of, <laughs> in terms of how quick he was on the Devin Leary hype train. And you That's saw the offense. Cosmic magic. <laughs> That's like. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I mean that, that. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. No. Like we were sitting here in like week four or five of last season, and Devin was just like, "I'm telling y'all, Devin Leary, quarterback, NC State, possible like early day two player. You know, best quarterback in the conference, not named Trevor Lawrence. Like that type of hype driven by Devin, 
And then when he got hurt, and they had to replace him with Bailey Hawkman of all people. The you know offense. What? I have a funny story about that. I know Go Bailey Hawkman because I played against him in high school, and I thought then he wasn't great, and he ended up at NC State anyway. But you go ahead and finish. <laughs> Just ethering a man. By the way, Bailey Hockman is now at Mid Tennessee State. Uh, so that is Nick's responsibility. Have fun. He's bad. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to. I I I I don't want to be responsible. Have, have a have a glass of scotch next to you when you when you watch him. And uh, screw that. I'm, I'm going to bring the whole bottle of Jameson. <laughs> So yes, we oh have God. we have uh, Devin Leary finally back under center. I think that he's really kind of the the cog in the wheel that keeps it all together in terms of the passing game. They have two really good wide receivers. I think that are going to be valuable in day three. In uh, I believe fifth fifth or sixth year senior Mecca Mizier and Devin Carter, who is a junior now, uh, both really solid receiving options. They're going to have to replace um, Kerry Angeline, who. Was Kerry Angeline drafted last year, Devin? I, I honestly don't remember. He was nah, not. He got picked up. I think he got picked up as a UDFA yeah. with the Cardinals. Well, he he ran a solid like seven second forty, which might have had something to do with that. Uh, just straight up Definitely. not that athletic. Uh, and then on the offensive line, they have uh, guard slash tackle uh, Iki Makwanu. Uh He. Plays left guard primarily for them. Has played tackle. I was talking with our ACC scout, Russell Jakubowski, who said that uh, at guard, Iquan is great. First round day. At tackle, day three. Uh, so really needs to stick to guard, not pull an, an Elijah Vera Tucker, and just stay at the position where he's going to make, the more, make more money. He's an average tackle. He's a spectacular guard. Uh, and they also have a pretty good center, too, in Grant Gibson, who is a uh, graduate senior, if I remember correctly. And again, the two of them together at left guard and center, they're, they're road graders in the running game, which leads spectacularly into my next uh, pair of guys, because they have a 1-2 uh, running back uh, room that are both eligible for this class. Uh, Ricky per uh, Person Jr. is kind of that do-it-all Naheem Hines type of NC State running back where he'll get 10 carries, he'll get five catches, does you know, not really, you know, um, like a big home run hitter. I love Zonovan Knight, the uh, the running back that they have there that's kind of the 1A. Uh, I mean, he's a big dude. He dominated against Miami, and if it weren't for their kicker being dumb, they probably would have beaten Miami. Um, yeah, never taunt when you're a kicker. Uh, and then on defense, I'm still not done yet. On defense, they have possibly one of my favorite prospects in the class so far. Uh, you know you have to be a pretty gutsy, ballsy dude if you commit to UNC. And then on signing day, uh, flip your commitment to their arch rivals at NC State. That's Peyton Wilson, 6'4", 240, uh, can drop into coverage is a monster against the run. Don't believe me. Watch a game where, where Peyton Wilson didn't play. Uh, if you hit the second level against NC state and Peyton Wilson was out of that game, you were guaranteed a touchdown because nobody, nobody in that back seven could tackle outside of him. Uh, whereas he brings the pain and he can also kind of, despite playing like a middle slash outside linebacker hybrid, uh, he can get around the edge and get get to the quarterback. He had four sacks last year. And when I say he can hit, I'm pretty sure he could tackle a moose. Um, 
he 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 brings the hurting when he takes you down. So I have him inside of my top twenty-five. I think that he could be a very big riser. I think that don't be surprised if he's taken round one. Yeah, I will say that now. It is June twentieth. I will say that shit now. Some Someone of my preseason, some of my preseason takes have been hot garbage in the past. I feel <laughs> confident about this one. Well, I mean, your Christian Derrissaw one wasn't garbage, so we'll oh. give you credit for that one. Deontay but, Smith, uh, true. Deontay Smith as well, fourth round, uh, just like I said. Yeah. So, yeah, NC State is becoming the new Indiana of this podcast. Uh, there will be a new team we fall in love with this year, too. Yeah, inevitably. Uh, the first year we fell in love with Indiana because we just loved everything about Tom Allen and that team. Uh, you had Fry Fogle, uh, Watt Fillier, you know, Penix. Uh, Michael Penix, Stevie Scott. It's it just like it's it's very similar Taiwan to Mullen, how, who's in this yeah, class. <laughs> yeah, uh, I can't wait to actually watch him. You know, I've, I've watched – a ton of his games live, but watching all 22 will definitely give me a better, uh, better glimpse of who he is. Um, but yeah, they, they have a ton of, you know, they have a ton of guys just like NC state. Uh, I can both see those, seven or eight going from NC state this year. I would so love to see them play in a bowl game, like a, a new year, six bowl game. Like that would probably, that would make my year if they, they played each other. I don't know how it's going to happen because the ACC is lo- loaded this year. Got Clemson again, North Carolina. Uh, it's it's going to be pretty damn good. Miami's uh, Flo- going to be pretty good this year too. Florida State's back on the rise potentially. Uh, so, yeah, they are. But no, no um, that's a fallacy. We'll, we'll have to have watch. a beer They're, bet or a pop. We'll have a Popeye sandwich bet. We'll have a Popeye sandwich bet over this or something. They'll have at least six wins this year. I guarantee. You. That's the bar at for Florida six. State. That's the bar for they, Florida State. How many win wins did they? They didn't six even win like four games last blood, year. Six games <laughs> for a blue blood program. Back on the rise, they were like god awful two years ago. Like in the dumps, awful. Yeah, they they, they will. They they cannot be any worse than last year or the last couple of years. That's all I'm trying to say. What, what's <laughs> hilarious is Nick, Nick is literally just sitting here like, I'm going to let these two idiots just talk on and on about Florida State being garbage. Well, here, listen. The thing. I, I just put a, a Florida State uh, depth chart on uh, our lads. I'm trying to figure out like who's going to be starting at quarterback between Travis Jordan, Mackenzie Milton, and Chuba Purdy. Which I, I refuse to believe that's an actual person's name, by the way. That's Brock's brother. I know. I know I'm fully aware of that. Why yeah. is he named Chuba? It's not like Chuba last year where it was C H U B A. There's it's a second B. Hmm. There's a second speaking B. Of, speaking of Chuba Hubbard, someone said he was a top five running back. And he went, I believe he was the fifth running back taken. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Was he? Was he not? I don't know. Harris. I'm just talking. talking my Harris. Shit. Uh, hang on. ETN. Well, Harris ETN. ETN, which caused <laughs> Nick to have a breakdown. Javante. Javante. Oh. That's three. Carter four. Damn, I'm. I might be wrong. Cuba here. five. Damn it. And I gotta quit. Or no, I gotta quit now. Damn, that sucks. Damn. Was he fifth? Was, no, I. Oh. Wait, I think. Ah, damn it. Wait. 
Well, no. no, I think Trey Sermon. Trey oh, Sermon. fuck, fuck, Trey Sermon. God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. When I said that, no one knew who Javante Williams was, though. I think he was sixth, though. He was like the sixth back. He he he, he came, went higher he than I nowhere. had him by the end of the year. So like that's true. There there that's you true. go. There weren't there weren't a whole lot of awful preseason takes. It's not like I it's not like I said that like a Rutgers running back was gonna low key get drafted and then he lost the starting job and is now a backup in Virginia Tech. Well well Mike, it can't be any worse than my uh two years in a row, my my Bradley and I and Victor Dimakeji takes. Oh, I know he's probably about to get cut this offseason. And Dimakaji got drafted in the sixth round by the Cardinals. He's going to be playing. I hope that that Walmart. doesn't happen to one of your guys this year. Like, I really, no. you need I it mean, to pay off, man. Listen, need I, I need Dimakaji to at least average like six to seven sacks a year so I can feel somewhat vindicated. All right. How oh high God. did you have him? <laughs> I don't, like, like, like 80th overall. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I was gonna say, I'm like, wow, if you need no, six I'm, to seven sacks, like, I, I'm, I'm not a psychopath. No, no, I was gonna say, I'm like, you better not have had him in like high, no, high no. regard. Okay, uh, Bradley and Niles were the same like place for me, like in 2020, but like, it, it's still not a good look, man. And, and it's not that I really oh, go, no, ahead. No, go ahead, go, 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 ahead. go ahead, finish your thought. I mean, not that I really care anyway, because you know, we all have bad takes. Oh, yeah. Human. We're not, we're not, we're not perfect machines over here, but yeah. Here's the thing. We, we, this is the perfect show. Cause we, we, we call ourselves the big shots. We do not take ourselves seriously whatsoever. We are like anti big shots. And we are I mean, always, yeah. we are always allowed to look back and laugh at ourselves. Uh, you know, it, it, it just happens. That's, that's just kind of the nature of the business. You're going to miss on some guys. You're going mean, to be notoriously like, high on some guys. And, I mean, and some guys are going to be too low. I went back and listened to some some regular season episodes of the Big Shots, and Devin was sitting here pounding the table for for Devin Jordan at one point. Um, this is before Devin Cal- Jordan. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're sitting there pounding the table this is before Kyle Pitts went God mode, uh, and yeah. Devin was like, "Hey, maybe maybe Brevin Jordan's going to be tight end one," uh, and, and he went tight end nine. Uh, <sighs> I had the seats. And now he's behind Jordan Aikens in like Houston as a rookie, but he's probably going to beat him out for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, I've missed this he'll so be, much. He'll this be a is, tight end one greatest... somewhere. Damn it! <laughs> and here's the thing: there are going to be listeners. There are going to be listeners to this going, "Well, like they haven't kept to a single solitary point for more than about 35 seconds." We and haven't. that's fine. Would you like to go back and listen to last summer's podcast where we one could not stick to a single solitary point? Two, we were having to make up content on the fly because, you know, COVID kind of threw a wrench in talking about literally anything else. We were already talking about 2021 about a week after the draft. Uh, yeah, this is the fun of summer podcast. And this is the fun of now throwing you know a wrinkle into it with Nick being here full time as well. Yeah, yeah I, I, just, I do just... want I do. I'll oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Nick. No, I'm sorry. I interrupted you again. My bad. <laughs> You're good. It happens. All right. All right. We didn't have a practice podcast, and yeah. it showed, right, yeah. and that's fine. And would yeah. you expect anything else from Devin and I? Yeah, but I was gonna say, uh, just looking quickly back on on 2021, uh, before uh, I finally put it to bed, I actually have a I have a piece on Blue Chip Scouting about a 2021 prospect uh, that I think can uh, 
get some serious playing time as a rookie. Uh, so that piece is coming out uh, when you're listening to it. It's out today because uh, it'll be Monday when you're listening to this. Uh, and it's a certain player on the Tennessee Titans. That's all I will say. Uh, and I looked at some of the uh, basically going back, looking at some of their draft history, uh, some of the analytics behind, uh, you know, how often they use a certain offensive sets and, uh, and, you know, meshing kind of analytics, draft Twitter, draft takes, uh, making a whole kind of combination. So that is out today. I also want to brag about me secretly being in the scouting department of the Minnesota Vikings since three of my guys got drafted uh, by them, uh, Cam Bynum, Janarius Robinson, and Amir Smith-Marset. So I just wanted to add that in. I mean, we meant, we made a joke about this on the, on the draft stream that they just raided our draft room because the Vikings drafted Devin's guys, uh, Marset, Bynum, and uh, Janarius Robinson. They also drafted my guys in, well, obviously Bynum. They drafted Patrick Jones, who was a big brand guy for me. They drafted Chaz well. for for Nick as well. Chaz Surratt, who was a brand guy for Dante. They draft they drafted Krista Darasaw, who was absolutely my guy, first team my guy team. Um, yeah, they just drafted everybody that we had I think ever talked about on Blue Chip. So, and that that that's the type of analysis you get here, not only on Blue Chip but here on the Big Shots NFL Draft podcast uh, eventually. Maybe, maybe not right away, but... Yeah, you're also going to get me, like, like ham-fisting anime references into, into, like, everything, so... And Devin and I will sit here and not know a damn thing about any of what you know. No, just see, said. De- Devin, will, Devin will know more than you. Devin will yeah, know I, I know a little yeah. bit. I know a little bit. All right, All right cool. <laughs> I do know a little bit. I'm not going to pretend like I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan or anything, but I, I do get some of the references. I will say that. Uh, one last guy. I don't know if you guys have any more players you want to talk about. I want to talk about Louisville offensive lineman Adonis Boone, which just sounds like an amazing name. And for the, for our listeners, go ahead, search Adonis Boone Louisville in Google and tell me he doesn't look exactly like what you would imagine him to look like. Uh, he is captain of the all don't fuck with me team. Uh, he looks perpetually pissed off, but he's also the nicest dude. I had a chance to talk to him. Uh, that interview is on the Blue Chip uh, Scouting YouTube page. That was a fantastic interview. Uh, but he has really good tape. And he's best friends with Makai Becton, who he said taught him a lot about finishing blocks. And when Makai Becton is helping you learn how to finish your blocks better, I'm going to listen. Uh, so, yeah, he's going to be playing right guard for them last year. He played a bit of tackle, played a bit of left guard. He's moving to right guard. Uh, Louisville might be in for a bit of a turnaround season. And if the running game gets going like it really should, it's going to be large in part due to Adonis Boone at right guard. Any yeah, other guys he, you guys want to talk about? Uh, I'll talk about a guy both me and Nick love. Uh, that is my Jay Sanders from Cincinnati. Um, he is a, a early brand guy, I think, for both of us. Um, before he went back to school, I did a whole evaluation on him. So I really don't even have to redo my evaluation, maybe just get a refresher on this game. But uh, he's one of those kind of new school pass rushers, bendy, uh, you know, not exactly uh, the biggest in terms of size wise, like weight wise, mm-hmm. but uh, really dips around the corner, uh, can can really dip that shoulder, uh, you know, getting past offensive linemen. Uh, he, he showed some, some uh, improvement over the course of the season and defending the run as well and taking on blocks, uh, stacking and shedding. Uh, 
I definitely want to see him get a little bit stronger. I think sometimes he gets overpowered by bigger guys, um, you know, the bigger, uh, you know, stronger offensive linemen. But in terms of uh, a pass rusher, I think it could have a huge year and really uh, rise up some draft boards. I think my Jay Sanders should be at the top of that list. Um, and then of course, uh, one of the uh, first teamer, my guys since uh, 2020 summer, uh, on that same team is Ahmad Sauce Gardner. Uh, I will pound. I was going to say you must call him by his full name. Yeah, yes. Yeah, I will. I will pound the table for Ahmad Gardner. Uh, there a is one just, player. A one player. I've seen a lot of draft takes early on that say you know he's not as good as as people are saying and and whatnot. I get it. He's he's definitely grabby. Uh, he he definitely uh, needs to improve in terms of some of his footwork, but in terms of natural ability. He has the length you want. He has the speed to stay with guys. Uh, he has the ball skills. I mean, dude is a ball hawk. So I think with those three things, keeping in mind, I think he's at very, at the very least, the top five corner in this class. I know this is a very loaded corner class. You got Andrew Booth, Darian Kendrick, Derek Stingley. Um, you know, you, you got uh, the uh, the the guy from TCU. Um, you, you got so many guys. That oh, LT's be, uh, cousin. Yeah. Uh, you got Kair uh, Elam. Uh, what's his name? I think it's like Noah Daniels. There's three because there's TJ Carter. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. So you got all those You got all those guys. But I think at, at the very least in the summer scouting, I think I'm Garner is still going to hit my top five corners. Uh, I thought about for a while, I thought I was going to make a hot take that maybe he can make a push for CB1. I think that's way too rich right now, uh, just based on the the talent that uh, is at the position. Uh, and looking at some of those other guys, I think uh, that kind of deterred me from that. But for a while there, I thought maybe I should do a piece on that, but uh, I, I don't think I, I can do that at this point. I think Derek Stingley is, is uh, very firmly DB1. Nick, you got any last players before we get on out of here? Or um, any work you want to promote? Uh, let me talk. Actually, let me go back to the SEC because there's a guy I I kind of took interest last year. Uh, I tweet. I think I tweeted him out like like just after the draft or just before the draft, and it's uh, Florida defensive lineman Zachary Carter, someone our own Tyler Fornis is very familiar with. Um, Carter is like a basically just a big five technique. He they they kind of move him basically everywhere. He plays. You know, I think I remember. He plays like head up over the like he plays over the uh, over the center. He plays three, plays five. They even shift him out to six. Um, but he's really quick off the edge. Uh, plays a lot of power, a lot of physicality. Um, really good with the uh, the club rip. Um, and obviously, he has room to grow as a pass rusher. I, I think he could be a guy that you know maybe you know if he barring a good season, he he sees a little bit of a rise. I'm I have a very rich grade on him right now. Because I'm I'm just taking a swing. It's summer. Why not? If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. It's whatever. Um, but he, uh, I, I like his potential. He's, I, I like I, and you're gonna learn this, like this very quick. I hate comps, but it's probably the only way I could describe like him as a player just by making this this like comparison. Like based on body type alone and like how he's used, he's somewhat similar to how like Houston used Peyton Turner last year to kind of give you that idea. So. I don't know if it's just me trying to manufacture another Peyton Turner or just that he just straight reminds me of Peyton Turner, but yeah. 
Well, speaking of Peyton Turner, uh, I, w- I would like to say uh, a big F you to the Saints fans that said that he was not worth a first-round pick. Um, I love the fan base. I, I love New Orleans, but I was very upset uh, about the reaction that was made about selecting him in the first round. Uh, he certainly deserved it. He played his way into the first round, and uh, he continued to rise, you know, and I just don't get how people can be. I, I see why people were upset because he just selected Marcus Davenport a couple of years ago and gave up two first round picks for him. But I mean, when you got somebody as good as he was uh, last year, uh, a big, huge brand guy, um, I, I just don't see how you could hate that pick. So that's my that's my little spill right there. Uh, gentlemen, any final words before we wrap this up? I'm going to take your silence as a no, or maybe Devin. <laughs> I, I was waiting. I thought Nick was going to say something, uh, but yeah, I, I just want to say it's good to be back, man. Uh, definitely good to have about you back. To, yeah, definitely going to be uh, watching a ton of film. Uh, you know, pretty much, I pretty much kind of been doing little by little uh, up until this point, but now that I actually have free time and, and can do it, probably two, three players a day, try and try and get through some of this summer scouting. I feel like I'm, like a month and a half behind already. So I got to catch up a little bit, but uh, definitely ready to uh, ready to get more in depth with, you know, some of my takes on Twitter, uh, you know, drop some articles. I got one dropping again, like I said today, uh, when you're listening to this and uh, can't wait for more content to come your guys' way. Yeah, absolutely. All three of us on that grind. Nick's watching like 30 players a week, it seems like. Um, I'm trying to get as many scouting reports as I can as well. Uh, I'm pretty much wrapped up the Sun Belt. I have like six guys left in the entire conference, it feels like. Uh, The FCS will be coming shortly. Um, I also have some articles coming, I believe. Uh, You're listening to this on Monday. On Tuesday, I'm going to have a top 25 overall big board dropping so be sure to check that out but until next time uh you can follow me on twitter at mike h underscore draft you can follow devin on twitter at real d underscore jackson you can follow one of my favorite uh uh handles that's the word i'm looking for in all of twitter it's the two of them they they're muted uh, they they they're they're mean and we'll have a word after the show. You can follow my favorite handle in all of draft Twitter at price check three, and that is where you can find Nick. Um, you can follow the show on Twitter at Big Shots Pod. Like, comment, and subscribe uh, for the Blue Chip Scouting YouTube page, and leave a review of the show. Uh, really helps us out with the algorithms and all that nerdy stuff that maybe Nick knows about because he's into anime. Uh, But until next time, guys, y'all have a good night. And uh, Nick and I will see you on Friday.